Hi guys. So um, today it's going to be um, topic of the day. It's going to be learning, right? Um, I am. I consider myself an avid learner. I've always been a reader. Um, uh, yeah, I've always been a reader ever since I was little. I've always, you know, I think I look at things with a very critical lens. Like I'm a very thoughtful kind of critical person. Um, and so I just finished the term, um, fall term. And so now I'm on winter break. And, you know, it's when I'm not in school that I really understand how much of a learner I am and how much I like to absorb knowledge and gain knowledge and process knowledge. And, you know, because it's not just memorizing stuff. Learning is not just memorizing. Learning is, you know, you take in the information and then you process the information. And it depends on what the information is, how you process it, you know? So, and I think when I'm in school, the way that information is presented to me and it's whatever, I don't know, I just find school terribly, terribly boring. Even when, you know, like, I mean, I feel like once in a while there'll be a really good lecture or a really good class or a topic that I'm very interested in, but it's not 100%. And so with school, it's like you have to focus every lesson, every um topic, you know, like you have to understand everything, even the stuff that bores you. Um, and it's like, even the things that are presented that I'm like, this is kind of boring. I know there's a way that I could figure out to like learn about it. That's interesting. Like, I'm like, okay, this is boring to learn about in a textbook, but I know if I was in the hospital room learning about it, it would be really fun and really interesting. And that's kind of how I felt when I was like, um, shadowing a bunch of different medical professions which, I mean, I kind of still am right now with the pharmacy tech work. I mean, I feel like shadowing where you're kind of just following a person around is not really because that person knows that they are presenting to you. You know what I mean? I like to be in positions where I get to see people act on the day to day how they are. So I've been in the, I volunteered in the ICU for like months. I've um, been in different like medical kind of settings or, you know, like my, my boyfriend's a dentist. So I hear about his work and just, um, I, I was really, I was pretty set on healthcare to be honest, coming out of high school and, and going into college and, and studying biology and chemistry and stuff like that. I was pretty set on healthcare because I felt like it was a good way to use my empathy and stuff. And, and, and I felt like, I don't know, I just felt like, um, I could learn a lot also because I knew that my intrinsic, like, thing was um, artsy, creative work. And I was like, I don't really want to make money off of that because I kind of want to keep that shit pure and not be like too influenced by kind of like the trends at the moment or whatever. So um, I really protect the things that I love and I want to keep them um, pure. You know what I mean? So um, and that that means if something's already developed as such and I like it the way it is and I don't want it to be tainted, then I kind of protect its pureness, purity. Um, but with math and science, it was something where I was like, I there's, it's really like a blank space when I look over there. There's not much going on. Like I was never really a math and science person. So now it's time for me to develop skill. And I mean, coincidentally, it's time for me to build up career skills. So 
it's a good time for me to go into like studying math and science in college. And so, I mean, I don't regret that. I feel like it's really helped balance out my kind of um, like intellectual thinking and, and just the way I consider things. I feel like I have a very balanced view of things, a very logical view of things. And I can kind of like, um, I really can shoot the shit with basically anybody, you know what I mean? I have good baseline knowledge, general knowledge. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't consider my age at all when I think about this, when I, but when I talk to people, they tell me that, you know, that I sound a lot older than I am. Like, you know, um, I'm, I'm mature for my age or whatever, you know, and that's, I've always received that. And it's something that I kind of brush off because um, while that might be true in common conversation or, you know, whatever, I still feel like the emotional age that I am, you know, I don't think I'm more like emotionally mature than anybody else my age. Like I'm still like the other day I got really mad at my boyfriend for pointing out that like my room was kind of messy or whatever. And I was like, it's because the laundry machine's broken or whatever. And then he, that day I had said that I was like, I was, I asked him what kind of pasta he wanted or if he wanted pasta for dinner. Cause I had the day off. So I was like, Oh, maybe I'll cook. What kind of pasta do you want? And I kind of forgot about it. And I went and I just like went to the nail salon and hung out with my mom and just forgot about it. And then he was like, he mentioned it. I think he was joking, but it seemed to me like very um, passive aggressive. So then I called him out and I was like really mad all night and the next morning. And so, you know, you know, he, he acknowledged that he was wrong and he apologized and stuff, but I couldn't shake the feeling of being mad for like a minute, you know what I mean? And so I feel like that's, (laughs) I'm not very mature and, um, that's not to talk myself down or anything. I think it's good to, you know, I don't think it's good to be too emotionally mature. You know, I think I have uh, dabbled in that. Like I have had a touch of that um, when I was younger and my brother, my brother was born when I was eight years old. And so I was like taking care of him a lot. And I, there were moments where I was like, I'm, I shouldn't be doing this. Like I'm a kid. I need to be a kid. Like I don't want to be doing this, but of course I was glad to take care of him and spend time with him. And I have a really strong bond with my brother, but it's just like, um, I know what that feels like to feel like you're, you know, older than the kids your age and it's not a good feeling. It's not fun. And I don't want to be there. I want to achieve, you know, I want to try my best to achieve my goals. And that's, you know, regardless of timeline, like I'm not going to set myself back and be like, oh, I'm too young to do this. I'm too young to start a company. I'm too young to do this. You know what I mean? So I'm going to do it, but, um, I'm not going to force myself to like you know, I, I don't think that being older is better than being younger or being younger is better than being older. I think like you're supposed to follow kind of nature in that, you know, in, in that um, regard. So, you know, external stuff, it doesn't really matter. I don't like when people like, you know, and that I'm by that, I mean, like career, like what you're doing with your career, what you're doing with school, what you're doing with, you know, your relationships, like, I don't know people can get married when they're 20 and people can get married when they're like 50. And it's like, I have no problem with either of those things. I mean, obviously if you're a child and you haven't like fully, like you haven't fully, your brain is not fully developed then no, like I don't think a 17 year old or 16 year old should be getting married. But, um, you know, I'm talking about like once you've reached like adult age, there's growth, definitely growth that happens. And so it's kind of like fine to follow a timeline and not, you know, don't rush yourself is what I'm saying. And I know that um, that's true because that's what old people always say is that they wish like they didn't rush so much when they were younger. Um, and so I try to do that, but 
I feel like there is definitely pressure to rush from like either my peers or I don't know, people who kind of forgot that rushing is not the way to go. So anyway, so yeah, when I'm in school, I find that like learning, it's like it it makes me question my love for learning because the form, um, the kind of setup of college and college classes and and the way school is, is really, um, it's just not for me. You know what I mean? I'm much more of like an intuitive learner, like I not even hands-on, like, yeah, I'm hands-on with some things, but it really depends on the thing. You know, if it's something where it's kind of like a philosophical, like up in the air thing, then maybe models would be easier or drawing it out would be easier or writing it out would be easier. And then certain things I do need the hands-on to see the physical structures and forms of the things. And then, you know, how to, how to connect things, how to like attach things like, but yeah, the way school is, it's really, I think, just not for me, you know what I mean? Um, So then I question learning because I get frustrated and I feel like I'm not doing well and then I get frustrated and I feel like maybe I'm just stupid or I'm not a good learner or whatever, you know? Um, But then when I'm on breaks and I'm like in the world, kind of like in the working world, in the workforce, whatever, I realize like I am an avid learner much more so than, you know, I don't want to compare myself to other people. Like I said, I've, I've talked about it before. Like I think that that kind of ends up biting me in the ass when I kind of put my, like I word these things in ways that like make me sound superior to other people. Um, I think it bites me in the ass because, you know, I'm prone to to being the, the prototype of the person that I, you know, I'm saying I'm not. Like everyone's prone to be this this way at some time. You know, like for me, it's when I'm in school, I feel like, I'm not engaged. I'm not, I'm bored, whatever, you know? And I feel like in life, a lot of people are like that and they're not looking at things with critical lenses, but I feel like I I am. And it might, it might be due to like my age or it might be due to the way that like, you know, school and other things like other like uh, constrictive, I don't know if that's the right word, like forms of learning that kind of you know, being so frustrated in those situations that like when I have the opportunity to learn in my own way and my, you know, freely in my own way, like I really like to take advantage of it. Honestly, that might be it. And that might be um, why, honestly, like, so I do a lot of things that I kind of, I don't fully understand, but I know it's the right thing to do. And I, being a woman and being a woman who you know, hears from other women a lot to listen to my intuition and and just like trust my intuition. And, and, you know, it's a balance. It's not like I was talking to my best friend Sable about it. Like it's hard sometimes to figure out, especially when you're anxious or whatever, like, you know, what's my intuition and what's my anxiety? You know, your intuition is supposed to lead you to greatness or whatever. And your anxiety sometimes stops you. And then, but sometimes, you know, you just get this feeling that's like stop or like bail or whatever. And you don't know which, which is telling you that, you know? Um, but anyway, what was I saying? Like, yeah, when I, I get to intuitively learn and I get to learn in my own style where it's like more liberal, like more just like hands-on, whatever. I, I really, I really like to take advantage of that. And I feel like the reason why I'm so hungry with it might be because of how limited I feel in school and at work and stuff like that, you know? And so that's, that might be part of why I stay in these um, programs, even though, I don't know, like they're not enjoyable. Like it might be because, you know, that kind of suppression leads to a, um, 
an expression, like a full expression when I have the opportunity. Whereas if I didn't have that repression, if I didn't have that little bit of like pressure, then I might be too content, you know? And that's something that I genuinely personally believe in to like the, like to the maximum um, that you would be doing yourself a disservice by kind of like being too comfortable, being too complacent, putting yourself in a situation where you're not striving to learn and grow anymore. I think that's very, um, very dangerous, not even dangerous, just, you know, if that's how you want to live your life, that's cool, but that's not how I want to live mine. I want to constantly be learning and striving and growing, you know what I mean? Like, I want my life to be an accumulation of growth, and that's possible. I believe that's possible, you know, despite our physical limitations of, like, you know, our brain, you know, going south as we get older or our bodies, like, you know, I don't think I've even reached my physical peak yet, to be honest. Like, as an Asian woman, like, I don't – I feel like Asian women, like, reach their physical peaks, like, in their 30s. So, um, I'm not worried about that. But, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we go through these, like, things where we can't control. Like, you can't really control – you know, you can try your best, but your health, there are things that are out of your control. And so, um, all of that aside, I think it's possible to spiritually or, like, intellectually or in some way – um, you have to be kind of strategic with like what you're pursuing and at what time in your life. But I feel like growth is possible all the way up until the end, whenever that is, you know. Um, and so that's I really think that that's my life mission and my life purpose is to learn and grow and to whatever. And so when I'm kind of stuck, like I feel like it's hard because I think I understand that that's part of the growth process is rest and kind of like, you know, being still or whatever and, and kind of just observing like that's an important part of it but it's definitely the most uncomfortable part and um it shows itself in physical ways like depression and other things you know for me because i'm just so uncomfortable with it like i think it's possible for me to go through these stages without being depressed if i was if i was just okay with it and i leaned into it and i was just like acceptant of like accepting it you know but i think it, for, it forms into depression when like um I, I have like negative self-talk, like, oh my God, you're lazy. You're not as productive as you usually are, whatever, you know? Um, or you could be more productive. What are you doing? Why are you sitting here? You're, you're doing, you know? Um, but when I look back on, on the phases where I'm in stillness or whatever, I don't regret them. And I think that they teach me a lot. Um, and they teach me to look at things in a way that I consider to be kind of clarity, even when I'm, you know, because... I think in order to be motivated and to be really productive, you do have to be kind of like, kind of like um, optimistic, like in a way that's unrealistic, you know, like, and this is something like life coaches will tell you. And I think Brene Brown has said this and I don't never read any Brene Brown books, but I hear her on Oprah and she's amazing. And I love Oprah. I love like, you know, the motivational, like soul food, like conversations and, and just, you know, I, I like talking about this stuff with my friends and it's like um, whatever. And I optimism and gratitude and positivity, like they are very important for moving forward and, and to stay motivated or whatever. But sometimes you kind of have to put on an act. So when somebody seems overly cheery and you think that they're being phony, they probably are. But that doesn't mean that, you know, it doesn't mean that it just stops there. Like there's a deeper level to it. And the deeper deeper level is that, you know, even 
even if it's like kind of contrived, it's better than being a negative person sometimes. You know what I mean? So sometimes in life, I feel like it's important to keep it real and to be honest with yourself and to really keep it real and to really, you know, allow yourself to be sad or whatever. And then there are other times when you're just trying to get shit done and you have goals that you want to reach. And so um, it's not lying to yourself. It's what not whatever. It's just you know, and the optimism, people respond optimism. I know when I'm sad and I see somebody being really happy and optimistic, I'm really drawn to that, even if they might be putting on a front. And I think that putting on that front takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of effort, and it can only come, you know, you really only have that extra energy after you've done some soul work and you've done some like inner work, intimate work. And that intimate work, like kind of a thing, um, often takes solitude and takes like what some people might say is depression because you're isolating yourself, but I don't really think it is. I think there's a very big difference between, you know, I know I just said, but I just, I'm just figuring this out. Like I really am on this podcast today and just kind of word vomiting, you know what I mean? So um, I kind of take back what I said before where it's like, I, it presents itself as depression. It sometimes does, but it doesn't have to, you know, I think I already said that too, actually. So um, the difference between it is like you protect your peace and you're like, okay, I'm protecting my peace right now. I'm here right now. I'm kind of in a learning phase. And I'm kind of in a phase where I need isolation and solitude. And it's nothing to do with anybody else. It's, you know, I don't need people to be worried about me. I'm going to be fine. It's just right now, this is what I need, you know, and honoring that and accepting that and not putting negative labels on it like, oh, that's depression or, oh, that's um, unhealthy or whatever, you know? I mean, it might be. I think it's a very, very, you know, it's a possibility and it's something, you know, that like if you see your friend kind of withdraw or something, it's worth mentioning, you know, like, are you okay? Are you feeling depressed? But sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes it's really just you're doing your inner work and and, and you'll, you know, you'll be fine. You know, you'll come out of it fine. Um, and we just, I just need people to respect that and, and accept that, you know, but that's just me personally. And I think, um, what makes it a depression situation is when I have kind of too many commitments or I have too many things where I need to show up and show and, and, and be in a good mood or whatever and like pretend like things are okay and really socially interact. And, um, you know, right now I'm fine because especially with this school year, fuck, like so far being online, it's great because like um, people are not reading into your tones and, and how you're saying things when you're typing them out. You know what I mean? And um, I don't know. I feel like when I'm like this, like it's hard. I don't have the charisma that I'm, you know, it's so weird because I can have charisma and it's just a matter of I don't want to ex expend that energy right now. You know what I mean? Um, and so when I'm not expending that energy, I feel like, you know, not like I feel people withdraw from me, but compared to when I, when I am charismatic and I am outgoing and whatever, and I feel people kind of like drawn to me and I, I feel like I can not like I'm manipulative, but I can kind of get what I want just by befriending people or getting, you know, or talking to people and just, you know, being really there. But sometimes I just don't want to, I just, I'm just there. I just show up. I want to get the class over with and I want to take my ass home. You know what I mean? And so being on online, it's been really nice because I feel like it's kind of balanced out that charisma factor. Like nobody, you know, nobody cares if you're charismatic because you're just typing stuff in a discussion board. And so it's like, um, it's really focused. It's more focused on like the content of what you're saying and like, you know, your contribution to the discussion, you know? Um, anyway, <laughs> that's really funny that I just said that because um, 
I really, I, I really like get to thinking that I don't have like social grace and I get to thinking that I don't have charisma and I even get a little jealous of people who, who do have, who do present that, you know, but you know, it's true that I could, I just don't feel like it. Like, I just don't feel like it right now. I don't want people kind of like, because when you're like that, you're very open to be honest for me, at least like when I am charismatic and joyful. And even if it's kind of like I had to put on that face for the day, like I kind of had to wake up that morning and meditate and put myself in a good mood or whatever. And it might seem contrived because of that. Um, let me tell you something. Most people who are optimistic and whatever, they, they put on that face because they want to make the world a better place. And it's true that it works. You know what I mean? You know that. And I know that like when we are around somebody who has good juju, just good, like a good attitude that, you know, a certain amount of it might come naturally, like from, you know, their parenting figures or whatever, like people who influence them, like they might just naturally be that way to an extent. But in order to fully be that and to fully show up, it takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of effort. And I think that that needs to be understood and appreciated because that's why we see so many people who are happy or whatever, like commit suicide or, or be actually very depressed. And nobody actually knows that because it takes a lot of energy. And I think that the difference between a person like that being okay and not being okay is whether or not their their kind of contribution is appreciated, their work is appreciated. And then that's that's light work, you know, that's energetically like happy. Um, you're you're showing up and you deserve you you believe so much that people deserve to be happy, especially around you, that you make it your own thing to like not make other people happy, but to kind of lift their spirits or help them be more joyful. And so I think a lot of people who behave like that, who, who, you know, I work at the pharmacy, so I see all types of people. I think like all types of people, you know, every different personality, every race, everything, like all kinds of people come into the pharmacy. And the people who, when I'm having a bad day, really make me feel better are the ones who are outgoing and, 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 and can like speak, you know, like with enthusiasm, whatever. And these people are sick. You know, a lot of these people who I'm talking about, who I appreciate and I admire, they are sick people. You know, they might have cancer or they might have something, uh, you know, or they just, I don't know what they have sometimes. Like, I don't, I honestly don't even know what the medications do sometimes. And I just give it to them. But like, I mean, I just, you know, the pharmacist checks them and I kind of, my job is to kind of count them and like ring them up at the register. You know what I mean? So the people who show up and they are just, seemingly always in a good mood I know in my you know in my like just kind of emotional intelligence like empathy whatever that sometimes they're putting it on but I appreciate that they're putting it on because you know the alternative is that they're snappy and rude or whatever and that sucks up my energy and sometimes that you know sometimes when you're a nurse or whatever like this is why people who are in healthcare and they are empathetic people like they feel very sad at their jobs because they always have to be the bigger person. And some, you know, they're like, okay, they have to go through this kind of rationalizing where they're like, okay, this person was terrible to me. They were very rude and very mean to me, but they are going through a hard time. So I have to kind of just be okay with that. And I accept that or whatever. And that, that empathy takes a lot of work, but you know, if you are able to tap into your inner optimism and, and whatever, even if it is somewhat contrived or somewhat like, um, uh, I don't know what the word, like uh, manufactured, like it's, 
it brings a lot of relief and happiness and joy to the people around you. And it brings a lot of like just good energy into the world. You know what I mean? Um, Hatton, the Buddhist monk, like, I don't know. He's, I don't, I probably have mentioned him before. He's like my number one kind of like spiritual guidance, like person. He's a Buddhist monk. He was from Vietnam and I think he got exiled. So he's in France, but you know, now he's older and he's like basically, um, dying like in hospice phase so he's he's back in vietnam but he spent most of his like you know working life in um in paris or in france and he his whole thing is about you know i feel like his messages really resonate with me because this it's basically what i'm saying right now but in a way less convoluted way more simple writing or whatever and so the those are his writings are good affirmations for me to read um, because I connect with them. I always connect with them. And, you know, your spirit never goes away. So I connect with them on a spiritual level, but sometimes I need the reminder. And so um, reading his work is really helpful. And he, you know, his whole thing is like focusing on breath, walking meditation. It's like meditation, even when you're doing something, you know, so it's good to meditate and be still and not do anything. But, you know, sometimes you got to do things or you want to do things. And so it's about how to meditate when you're doing things, you know, how to meditate when you're walking and really be walking, really be present in the moment and really be experiencing like your footsteps and your surroundings and just really experiencing the moment. Um, And also, you know, how to work with difficult emotions and, 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 you know, why it's worth it to try to smile and try to be happy even when you're feeling sad or whatever, you know, And so that resonates with me. But, you know, like I said before, I think that shadow work is important and that, you know, um, exploring your sadness is important, exploring your whatever is important. So I don't he he uh, the way he um, talks about negative emotions is you sit with them, which I think might be similar to what I'm saying. But I feel like just sitting with them and hoping that they'll go away. That's kind of like the, the energy that I got from his writing on negative emotions is kind of like trying to sit with them, sit with them, and then trying to kind of talk yourself out of being sad, which maybe that's not the right understanding of it. Or that's not what he meant, but that's kind of what I got from his writings. And I didn't really agree with that. I think that, you know, you need to explore it and really understand it and really like whatever and, and accept that it's there. And, um, you know, activate joy or activate optimism or whatever. But if the sadness is there, let it be there. Like, don't try to like eliminate it because that's a human experience emotion. You know what I mean? And um, I wouldn't be, this is crazy, but I don't think I would be happy at the end of the day if I got to tell myself that I never experienced sadness. You know what I mean? Um, You know, like say I was, about to die or whatever, I would not be happy if I was like, okay, I never experienced sadness again after, after I turned 22. I never, I never was again sad or angry or upset or whatever. I, that would not be a good thing for me to, like if I, if that was my kind of recount of my life from here on forward, I would not be happy with that. You know what I mean? So yeah, like I am kind of chasing happiness, but I'm chasing life. I'm chasing whatever, you know, and it's something, it's very fulfilling because it's something that I already know I have. And so I don't need to chase it, but I'm chasing it just for fun, kind of just to play with it, you know? Um, So yeah. Okay. Bye.